What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, entrepreneurship, manifestation, and mindset. Today's podcast is a mix of mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship with the lovely spiritual mindset coach, Shirley Liu. We did this interview in Sydney back in, I want to say now, maybe late August or September before I made my move to Europe. And the reason I'm releasing it later is because I wanted to wait until her guest expert workshop in my course came out, which is how to quickly neutralize negative emotions to manifest more quickly. And it's an amazing workshop. And it's actually so amazing that I'm going to take it out of my course area and put it in my free Facebook group too. So if you're not part of the Facebook group, it's called Reframe Your Mindset to Change Your Life. And this is all free resources, podcasts, live discussions, Q&A, really so much goes on in that Facebook group. And because Shirley's content was really applicable, especially to now, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a lot of uncertainty in the world. I really think her workshop will be so helpful. So again, she did a guest expert workshop in the course, but I'm going to give it to you all for free. And I wanted to make sure this podcast aligned with it. So Shirley was in tech before this, which is interesting because it's very similar to what I did, working in corporate, working at a startup, and she just knew there was something bigger and better for her. And she is now a spiritual mindset coach, and she has so many different certifications and titles like NLP, Reiki, something called Psych K, which I had never heard of until this podcast interview. And she tells us all about these tools and how they've helped shape her life now. So if you're someone that's in corporate, or you're just stuck in a job that you're like, oh, isn't there something else out there for me? Or you just need a little boost of spirituality or inspiration. I really think you'll enjoy this podcast. Shirley also has an amazing Instagram feed. I am obsessed with it. I honestly think that may be how I found her because she shares real valuable information. If you guys follow me and know my podcast, you know, I really, really love tangible, practical steps and people that share that type of stuff on their Instagram. So I don't really follow like high fashion influencers or people that are just, you know, posting brunch out with their friends on Sunday, not because I'm an asshole or because I want to be rude. It's because if I'm going to spend my time scrolling, I either want to be inspired, educated, or entertained. And that's really what Shirley does. She has charts, quotes, step-by-step plans, formulas, and it's all beautifully made. So if you're not following her, be sure to give her a follow. I'll link everything in the show notes. And she also just came out with a productivity roadmap. So if you're someone like me who struggles with productivity, you are going to love this freebie. So this is an amazing one. You guys know I've been shifting a lot to talking about spirituality. So it's funny that this podcast was recorded a few months ago, and now we're still covering spirituality. So you can see the shift that really happened for a lot of people during the pandemic is now coming to light. And I think this will really help you if you're in a place that you're stuck or struggling or just really need inspiration. So if you do enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and please share it on your Instagram story. Tag a friend, tag us, and tell us what you learned from this or just tell us your favorite part. We love, love, love hearing it. We love hearing your questions. So you can always DM me too at Chelsea Rife. Now, if you're a first time listener, I always update everybody on my life because I've had a pretty crazy 12 months. Actually, now it's about 14 months traveling abroad in the middle of a pandemic, starting my own business, moving in with a partner. So pretty much any major life transition I have experienced in the last 14 months. So I like to do little updates. So like I said, I recorded this with Shirley in Sydney back in August or September, and now it's almost mid-November, which is also wild. And now I'm in Germany. So I moved into a town called Stralsund with my partner. It's East Germany. And really the updates right now are we in a ma- we are in a major lockdown. And so you really can't go anywhere except to get takeaway food or just walk around the street on the sidewalk or by the lake. So I would love to get out by the lake and walk more, but it also just became really freaking cold. And I don't love the cold. I am from Florida. I just lived in Australia. I mean, I, I did live in Chicago for five years, which surprises a lot of people because of my sunshine state background. But I don't know. I feel like I adapted so well to Australia and the weather there that now that we're about to go into winter, I'm not prepared. So I haven't really left the house much. And like I said, it's kind of demotivating to leave the house when you're in the middle of a lockdown. So I'm really only leaving to get food or groceries or if I want to take that walk by the lake, I will. But that's about it. No major news to report on exploring or adventuring because there's nothing to do. I actually can't even get my nails done. So I have like three acrylic nails on and the rest have fallen off. So yeah, it looks really cute. Really, really gorgeous manicure going on here. And regarding the people, 
I talked about this last week. I called them Sour Patch Kids because some are sour, then they're sweet, or they're sweet, then they're sour. And my boyfriend is from the other side of Germany, and he was actually saying that they are a little tougher here. And I was like, well, why is that? Like, you know, is there a specific reason? And he was saying that this is an area where it used to be integrated with Poland and other parts of the East over here. So it was very much influenced by communism. A lot of people still have that mindset and mentality or grew up in communism. So there's a lot of really just, I would say, like harder exterior shells. They're a bit tougher. Like they're not like the Americans where, you know, we say hi and ask everybody how their day is doing and we're over the top with customer service and we bend over backwards for everything. That's not happening here. Um, even if you go to a bakery and you want to place your order, they act like you just inconvenience them by going in and placing their order. Or they don't want to get their card machine out, even though sanitarily that would make sense because it's coronavirus. It just is too much of a hassle and they don't want to do that. So again, I may be biased because of just our limited experiences here, but my boyfriend thinks the same thing. He's like, it's very annoying. I feel like they don't want to help you. They're not smiling. They don't like even having a customer interaction. And this has happened from like the pizza delivery place to the government office to the bakery. So I don't know. For me... (sighs) It's kind of hard because I don't speak the language, but I'm just kind of accepted like that's how it is. And I'm going to learn the language. Hopefully I'm applying for a language visa, but I'm also just like, to me, this is all temporary. Like I'm not spending the rest of my life in East Germany. So I'm just kind of taking it for the experience it is. And I always like to think of my life as a movie or a book and be like, this would be a very interesting part of the book to be like, you just came from sunny Australia with all these cheery people to cold dark Germany with much harsher people. And to me, that's just an experience I want to tell people about. And again, I'm not saying every single person is like this. There's obviously lovely people. I found a lady down the street at a cafe. She's amazing. She's always smiling and asking about my order. And she doesn't even speak English, but we we figure it out when we communicate. So again, it's not every single person, but it is pretty hard to adjust. And my boyfriend thinks the same. They also do a lot of things that don't make sense, like very backwards. (laughs) For example, I have to apply for this language visa. And in my mind, this would make the most logical sense. Apply for the visa, wait to see if you get it. Then if you get it, go get your apartment, go get your phone, go get everything and set up because you have confirmation that you're allowed to stay. And then you start your language course. Here, they make you actually get an apartment first to prove that you have a residential address. So of course, then when you get an apartment, well, then you're like, well, I need my phone. So I'm going to get a phone number. So I have a German phone number and then you apply for the visa. So this is after I have already been living in this apartment for almost two months, have my German phone. So there's still a chance I could not get the visa. And I'm like, but this is so weird. I signed a lease on an apartment. I'm paying rent. I paid the deposit. So now what happens? I'm going to have to like move out if I don't get this visa And my boyfriend was like, yeah, it's really backwards. I don't know why it makes no sense. And there's a lot of paperwork. And like I was saying before, they don't really love to help. So you call one office and they're like, oh, we're not the right office. You need to call this division. Then we call that division. And they're like, no, you need to call this whole different office. And it's just a cycle. I think the other day, my boyfriend spent like two hours on the phone speaking to everybody in German because that's the other thing. They didn't want to speak to me in English. So I'm like, I don't understand how I would have found this visa or been able to apply for it if I didn't have him here because I don't speak a lick of German and no one's helping me. I don't understand which office to go to. And it's all backwards in my mind. I'm like, why am I doing the visa last? I feel like this should be the first thing, but it's just not how they operate. So he said, that's very common here. It makes no sense. Everything's very backwards. And I remember a few Americans moving over here telling me it is pretty hard to get set up because there's so much paperwork and like bureaucracy over here a lot of red tape even on the german visa website it's like get ready there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of red tape on this type of uh visa and i was like wow that's interesting that they gave me that warning on the website so yeah just a an american expat tip it's it's not like easy breezy to move to germany in my opinion if you're an american citizen but of course it's a bit easier if you're coming maybe from another nationality or country, but I'm just finding it to be a little more difficult than I imagine. So I will keep you updated on the visa process. We're supposed to go this week to get more information. And then, like I said, I might be learning some German. So that's what's going on over here. 
with work, I've decided to really go inward for the rest of 2020 and just focus on my one-on-one clients. So I am taking three more one-on-one clients. And I also realized I want people to feel like they can boost their energy without having to pay a large amount of money to work with me. So I just came out with a really exciting offer. I was going to drop it on Black Friday, but I just was like, people need this now. So I launched something called Energy Tune-Ups. So this is a mix of a bunch of different tools and modalities like oracle card readings, guided meditations, breathing techniques, using music, a bunch of different ways to just boost and shift your energy. And it's really to empower you to have those tools to use in your own time. I'm offering 30 minute sessions and 45 minute sessions, and you can also buy them in packs of five and 10. So if you want this and you want more info, just shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pod, because this is a much lower cost way to work with me and shift your energy without having to spend a large amount of money. So the rest of 2020, I'm just focusing on that. And I really want to create a digital product. And in order to create, I need space and downtime to think and actually create. So that's why I just cannot do another course and a million masterclasses and workshops. I just need to focus on what's going on now. But I do have the replays of my masterclasses available. So from stuck to secure as fuck is available. Magnetic manifestation 101, which was a three day intensive is available. Those are all my Kajabi send me a message. If you want them, I'll send you the link. And my website is being built right now by Rose Designs. It's actually my friend Marley, who's been on the podcast twice. Her team is absolutely amazing. And I'm getting my website done right now. So I am going to have all this up there. So just stay tuned. It should be done by the end of the month. And I'm so excited for you all to see and finally be able to find everything in one spot and be able to chat with me there. So stay tuned for that. And I really think that's it. Those are all the updates. Of course, I I think I need to do a full, full German um, expat or American expat in Germany podcast and have my boyfriend come on too. So he can tell us from a German perspective what he thinks. And then I'm still going to do my Australia recap. So stay tuned for that. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Shirley. Okay, everybody, we have Shirley Liu here, who is going to be a guest expert in From Chaos to Confidence, but she's also here today to share everything about the work she does and a little bit more about herself. Welcome to the show, Shirley. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to have you because I've been following your Instagram for a while and I actually sent your Instagram to my social media manager and I was like, I'm obsessed with this. How can we make my page more valuable, more resourceful? Your page is full of content. Can you tell us a little bit more more about what you do and how you got into this work? Uh, So I am a spiritual mindset coach and my passion and personal interests really lie in learning about, understanding, and figuring out how to tap into and work with our unconscious mind and our energetic body. So what really got me into this field was I myself went through this huge quarter-life crisis phase. So I used to work in tech and I also have a bit of a background in graphic design as well. So I was in there for a while. I spent forever going to school for it. And then eventually I just hit a point where I realized that it didn't really light me up anymore, even though on paper everything was really, really good. So I had a fantastic boss, an excellent manager, really, really smart and talented people around me. And honestly, the workload itself wasn't that bad. But at the end of the day, something just felt so off and it just left me feeling really, really empty. So it was like I was facing burnout, even though technically everything around me should have meant that things were fine. Mm -hmm. So I started really, really digging into what it is that I wanted for myself. So what sort of life did I want to create? And where were my passions really? Because up until that point, I guess I never really thought about those things properly because my life had always revolved around school or work and just getting into that next point of my career. So I took a deep dive into that and started exploring different facets of personal development, of spirituality, and that eventually became the building blocks of the tools I use today. So I know you and a lot of your audience members are into human design and that's a rabbit hole I went 
lockdown not too long ago too and I'm a manifesting generator. Mm. So in classic MG fashion, I was just jumping between thing to thing, picking up the little tips and tricks that have worked really, really well for me. And that's essentially what I've been putting into the content I do. And the business I want to build revolves around the more exploratory nature I think I just have within my own personality. So I use tools like NLP, hypnosis, Reiki, other forms of energy healing, and all of that I think works really, really well in combination with one another. And that's what creates the most powerful impact with the most people I find because everyone has such a unique makeup. What works really well for one person might not work for the other. So what used to really irk me about this part of myself, like I used to think that I had a lot of issues committing to one thing that I had such a short attention span that, you know, I was always jumping between one thing to the next and never really seeing anything through. But through the understanding from that human design manifesting generator lens, it allowed me to realize that that was sort of my strength because I was able to find the common thread in all of that and tie it all together to help people create that transformation that they're looking for. I love that. Wow. So much of that resonates with me too, because I was also in a similar job where I was in ad sales, but it was a lot of tech Mm -hmm. and it was the same thing that nothing was really wrong with the job itself. The workload wasn't that bad. I actually got along with my coworkers. They were some of my best friends, but it was just like that one thing wasn't clicking. And you're just like, is this really the rest of my life? Like, this is really what I could be doing for years and years and years. And then you had that almost like spiritual awakening. Can you talk a little bit about, was there a specific moment or a movie you watched or a book or something that popped into your life that really opened that door for you? Oh, that's a good question. Because for me, my dive into spirituality has been a very slow progression because as someone who grew up in a household where we weren't religious at all, I had no influence from spirituality at all growing up and I was very much academically focused throughout you know high school and for half of university so get really getting into spirituality and embodying that in my life took a bit of work because I essentially had to convince myself that there was more to this reality than what we can see and touch so I think That is where a big part of my own teachings have really come into play because I personally still do need that groundedness Mm -hmm. and practicality with spirituality. And I started from a place where it was just a personal development thing. So meditation was probably my first introduction. So that was used more from a productivity perspective because I had heard a lot of benefits about how it was really really beneficial in helping people improve their focus their concentration and that became its own slippery slope that led me down the different yoga philosophies Um, I started experimenting with different forms of meditation that were deeper than just you know breathing in and breathing out and that was essentially the gateway drug for everything else that I started exploring with that, you know, at first glance is a bit, it it feels a bit out there. But what I've been finding is that there always is this grounded aspect that you can tie back into your everyday life. And it's those small micro adoptions that really make the bigger snowballing impact and the magical moments that you get to experience throughout your life. Yeah, there's something you said that really I think my audience would appreciate that you still need the practicalness and the groundedness because you know that you can go down these rabbit holes and you're like, whoa, this is overwhelming. I don't even know what this language means. Where do I start? So can you share maybe three to four tips or tools or apps or anything that someone that's listening that has heard of meditation or wants to get into it could use to start their meditation practice? The first meditation that really, really got me falling in love with the process is called Calm. So the lady in there has such a beautiful, soothing voice. So that's always the first place I point people when they want to start. 
And nowadays there is just so much amazing content online. So you go on YouTube, find whatever problem it is you're trying to resolve and type in meditation or hypnosis at the end of it. Chances are you're going to have a lot of things to play with and just experiment with. And I think the important part when, you know, playing around with these different things is to just carry that energy of curiosity and playfulness because when we never know when we're going to be stumbling across something really, really magical that just helps us make that click. And in terms of what other tools, I've had really, really cool experiences with breath work. And again, you can easily find free content online if that's something you're curious about. Um, and journaling. Journaling is one of those quick and easy things where if you just give yourself 20 minutes, half an hour to sit there and get all your thoughts down on paper, then it really helps get rid of the gunk that sometimes builds up because we're always playing thoughts in a loop over mm -hmm. and over again. And then that's the stuff that really weighs down on us at the end of the day that really feeds into perhaps a negative energy that we might be carrying around. So morning pages was something I really enjoyed, which is just writing down stream of consciousness thoughts for three pages. And that for me had always been a great way to, for me to start my mornings. There's a lot of people that want to do journaling, that want to meditate, they get into it for a week, and then they start to feel like it's a chore. How did you avoid that feeling? And what would you recommend for people that are like, oh, I don't want to whip out my journal. I don't want to do the meditation because that does pop up a lot. Yeah, people. yeah. And that was a problem I definitely ran into over and over again. And perhaps this is just my manifesting generator side, but at the start, I used to be really, really strict on myself, trying to be really disciplined with my rituals and my morning routines, being like, I have to do X, Y, Z before I do anything else. And what I found was that it really just wore me down after a while because it started not feeling fun. And it felt like I was putting all of this energy towards trying to get myself to finish off my routine that I had little energy and motivation left to do the more important tasks I had for the day. So my perspective on that now is just do what feels good and do what excites you. I mean, there are so many tools out there that you don't have to force yourself to do the same thing for a whole year every single day. You can pick and choose what works for you. And because we are such dynamic beings with different moods and um, different things that come up in our lives, we just have to find that thing that works for us in the moment. It doesn't have to be, you know, we need to commit 21 days every single day. Just, you know, what do I feel like doing today? I'm so glad you said that because I think people think when you're in this world, when you're a mindset coach or you're into spirituality or anything, that you meditate for an hour and then you journal for an hour and then you go in nature for an hour. And it's like, no, sometimes I just don't even want to journal. And so I don't do it for a week. And it sounds like you also have developed almost a toolbox of tools that you're like, based on what I feel today, I can dip into my toolbox, but it's not lemon water journal, this, 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 because then it does feel a little, uh, military like. Exactly, exactly. And then it just loses its fun. And I think the point of having a spiritual morning practice is to have you set up for the day in a good, positive mood. So if you go into it feeling like it's a chore, feeling like oh, you don't want to do it, but you feel like you have to, then that sort of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? So yeah, I always just approach it with what what is it that I feel like doing right now. And sometimes it is that I don't want to do any of it at all. And I've come to the point, a point where I'm totally okay with that too. I just want to roll out of bed, brush my teeth and start work. And mm -hmm. that works for me as well. I love that. Just dip into what feels good. And exactly. Lean into that. Yeah. Can you actually share what your usual morning routine is? Yeah. Yeah. So on the days where I do a fuller routine, that would include me waking up and just journaling a bit. Sometimes it's just two sentences. Sometimes it's a bit longer if just more seems to be coming out. I usually enjoy doing a card pull as well. So I have like a tarot deck, an oracle deck sitting right next to my bed. So I reach for that if I feel like it. Um, I've really been enjoying these energy exercises that 
were introduced by this lady called Donna Eden. So she works with, um, I guess, manipulating energy in the body through tapping on our meridian points and working with our auras and that sort of thing. So I found that that has been a really, really good way to start off my day recently. And from there, I just have a big glass of water and perhaps a shower in the morning if I'm feeling like it. And that's about it at this stage right now. Yeah, I love that. Just a few different things that that feel good. And I'm sure they change all the time. All the time. All the time. I'm like, right now, mine is kind of like a five minute meditation that's guided. Yeah. I think that's a misconception too, that you have to only sit with your thoughts. I'm like, no, I use an app. I use YouTube. Same thing. Um, I use center app. If anyone's curious, it's Chris Hemsworth's app. He made a whole thing about health and fitness. And I'm like, if you don't know where to start, people have content, like you said, out there ready to guide you. There's something that you talked about too, with, which is breath work. I only recently got into this because of the Wim Hof movement where everyone in America now is on the Wim Hof ice baths, breath work thing. And I did a breath work and I felt like I had this out of body experience after a meditation. It was like a five minute meditation, a 10 minute breath work thing. And I was like having these crazy downloads and things were like unlocking in my brain. That's actually how I like have this download to become a mindset coach. And I was like, why have I not heard about this before? So can you share your experience? You said you had some pretty cool experiences with breathwork and how you got into it. I first started really playing with breathwork when I went to a spiritual retreat in Peru. So in that place, they were really tied to their shamanic roots. So we did breathwork alongside some drumming and some singing, and that was a really, really powerful experience, especially given the high energy location we were in so over there it I don't even know how to begin to describe it honestly like you said it was quite out of body and there was this point where I did feel like I blacked out for a bit but I came back very quickly and it just felt like I woke up in a new body feeling very very refreshed so after I got back from that trip, I've just been experimenting with different methods. So like you mentioned, Wim Hof, that's something I played around with too. And I really enjoyed that because just seeing how much progress you can make in a short period of time with the amount mm-hmm. of oxygen that you can hold your breath with, it, it's just so cool. And some other cool experiences would be... Hmm, Yeah, like you said as well, it just opened up this portal of creativity for me. And I find it's also just a good energizer for when I need that, you know, boost in the afternoon at three o'clock when I'm feeling a bit tired, a bit groggy. It's just a really, really nice pick me up along with the cold showers. I've been really enjoying those as well. I tried one yesterday and I made it like lukewarm and then a little bit colder than lukewarm. And I was like, this is about it. I can I can't do the whole ice thing yet. I think sometimes you just have to dive head first and just turn off the hot side of the shower and Ooh. stand under. I don't have goosebumps now just <laughs> thinking about it. Oh, I can't do it yet. Um, so you end up leaving your job, it sounds like. And then what actually got you into the coaching business and why not something else? Oh, okay. So I think a big part of that contemplative period for me was trying to align the lifestyle that I wanted to create with all of my personal interests. So for me, I'm someone who really, really enjoys learning about all of these different new leading edge tools and techniques and teachings. So I knew I wanted to incorporate that and have that be a part of my life as opposed to me trying to balance and being forced to essentially choose between one or the other. So this sort of came into fruition around COVID time, honestly, because I was originally meant to be traveling across Asia more, but got forced back early due to the virus. So I was just sitting at home and thought, you know, now's a better time than any. And I just decided to stop overthinking it like I usually do with things and to put it out there. So I finished my certification earlier this year and it just felt like the right time because, you know, if not now, then when. And it was something I had been 
dwelling over for a while. So just thought I'd put it out there. And if I didn't like it, I always have the power to change my mind, try something else, pivot. So it was no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You had nothing to lose. Exactly. If anything, it was something to gain and a skill to use later. Yeah. Yeah. And I've gotten over that phase where I've attached too much meaning to everything that I do because I am realizing that I am someone who likes to switch things around, jump between ideas. So rather than spending countless hours trying to debate whether or not this is logical, whether or not this makes sense for me, it saves me so much more time just to go into it, experience it, see how I actually feel while doing it and take it from there. That's a huge strategy. I feel like in the business world is like launch then adjust. Like you just put something out there, see if it works and tweak it. And for you, it's almost with your energy, like, I'll see how I like it. And if I don't like it, I change it and do something else. You're not so, like you said, attached to the meaning or married to a title or, a, or what you offer. Like, you can change it up at any time. Yeah, and I think that sort of comes from my tech background as well. So I used to work in a startup. And in a startup environment, it's really, really crucial that you, I guess, figure out what's the best use of your time and energy. So because you are in a position where you're strapped for time, you know, you don't have that many resources. It's important that you launch things early, get feedback and adapt as you go, as opposed to investing like a year and everything you have into building this one thing that might not even be what the market wants or might have flaws that you didn't even notice. So by doing that, you just save yourself a lot of time and a lot of pain and a needed agony and you create something with your audience, with your customers to be something more than that, to be something more than what it could have been by you just trying to work on it by yourself, I find. Yeah. And no one's first iteration of anything is ever perfect. Like I've tweaked my business. I started also in COVID like 16 times and it's only been four or five months, but I'm like, don't like this, add this, take this, stop adding this. And I'm just adjusting the feedback and it sounds like that's what you do as well. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes we get too caught up in our minds thinking that, you know, every decision we make is final and it's so weighty and heavy, but really we have so much power and flexibility in the way that we operate, especially if it's an online business that we want to start. It's a low commitment. We can easily change our buyers a hundred times if that's what we want. It, it It's really about approaching it with this lightness and fun and just, I guess, exploratory nature of seeing how things go. I love that. There's a question I have that pops up around making the switch from tech to spiritual mindset coach. Those are almost opposite. Tech is very, especially startup world is so different than spiritual world. So when you made this switch what were people saying and did you take into account any of their opinions or feedback? Oh, so I would say I was actually in the spiritual closet for the longest time where, you know, I was getting to that stage where I was comfortable with talking about it with my friends who are in the more business financing or engineering sort of worlds. But, you know, to make that big leap and say proudly that, you know, I am a spiritual mindset coach. It did take a bit of mindset work on my own to get over that initial barrier. But in the end, I didn't really make any sort of big formal announcement. It was just a very small soft launch on my end. And slowly I started sharing it with friends. And that is essentially how I did it. As opposed to making it this big deal, I just started so many people are scared of what people are going to say, or they just assume people are going to make fun of me. People are going to think it's weird. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not this enough. Were, did you ever deal with anyone actually ever saying anything to you? No, no, not at all. Actually, I'm not sure if anyone thought anything, but I've never been confronted with anything like that. And I think at the end of the day, if you're really worried about, you know, the thought of one particular person or a, a group of people, it's so easy just to block people, <laughs> you know? We overthink things when really it's the easiest solution. Easiest solution is just to have them not view your stuff and do that, delete them. Right. Yeah. I know. My mom always says, 
when, when you say people are going to make fun of me or people, my mom's like, okay, it's not people who are the one to two people you're thinking yes. of. And it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. My ex, my coworker, you know what I mean? It's never yeah. like the masses. It's probably someone that's been an asshole before in your life that you're letting them control you. And I always think of it as like a movie where it's like, imagine a movie and you see a girl about to follow her dreams and take the leap. And then one person says something and she's like, "Never mind, I'll just stay in this one little thing that I was doing. You would be like, this movie sucks. Like what happened? She was about to go for it. So I'm like, why would you let the opinion of one or two people derail something that you feel really deeply inside? And it feels like you felt really called to start sharing this. Yeah, that is so true. And so much of what we believe is based off stories that we keep telling ourselves without much solid basis. So, you know, going back to that example that you made about those one or two particular people, how do you know for sure that that is what they're thinking? It's just an assumption you're making. So I think a big part of what I teach in my mindset coaching is about going back and questioning all of those thoughts and beliefs that you have. So when you say people are going to judge me or I'm worried about what people are going to say, really, who are those people, first of all? Do their thoughts really matter? Do they affect you? And breaking down why did I come to this belief? How did I pick it up? Is this just something that I'm assuming or is there actually some sort of evidence that points this way? And if there is, is there perhaps an alternative perspective that I can approach it with? So we don't have to be so locked into our beliefs and our thoughts because it is all flexible mm -hmm. and there is, I feel like, so many ways to view everything that goes on in our life. And the meaning that we give or the meaning that anything has is the meaning that we decide to give it. So we need to put ourselves in that position of power where we can say, no, this thing means this because I say it does. Yeah. You write your own story. Exactly. And I love that you said the whole, like, let's go back to evidence versus assumptions. And even if you have the evidence, I'm thinking of a specific example that I think would be helpful to share. When I started my podcast, I was like, my ex is going to make fun of me. He's going to think this is so like, he's going to think this is crazy and that I'm full of myself. And I held that belief for a very long time. Also, we're not together. So it's like, why would it matter? Eventually he reached out to me this year and was like, congrats on all your podcast success. I'm really happy for you. And I was like, wow, for two years, I've been thinking that every time he looks at my stuff, he's making fun of me. And here he is congratulating me. And I just made up that whole story in my head because of a past relationship. So it's like, I had the assumption, but my, it was totally false. And then it's like, let's say he did reach out and was like, your podcast isn't good. It's like, why would my ex's opinion even matter? Like, unless he's paying my bills and sponsoring my podcast, why would it matter? So I like the perspective of like, what evidence do you actually have that this is even true? That is so true. And just think of all that pain that you put yourself over the two years worrying about what he was thinking. For no reason. We, yeah. It's not like we were ever getting back together anyway. It was yeah. like, oh, so silly. Yeah, but we all do that to ourselves. That's unbelievable. You sound very like practical and evidence-based and methodical in your work. So can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do in a session? Like if I were to be like, Shirley, I want to work with you. How does it work from beginning to end? So the first thing would be to get a detailed personal history. So that would be understanding what the problem is at hand, why you believe it to be a problem in the first place, what you've tried to resolve that problem, and also looking at in what ways is that problem actually serving you right now and are you ready to let it go? Because a lot of times people think that they're stuck or they think they have no options, but really it's them putting themselves in that position because it is benefiting them in some way. So for example, a lot of people talk about procrastination or feeling that nothing's working out for them in terms of their career. But if you go deeper into it, you find that perhaps they're not taking action because it is serving that fear side of them, you know, by not taking action. They don't have to do that scary thing or by not leaving a certain relationship, they would rather be in that position where they're uncomfortable and 
they are unsatisfied with where they are, but they're familiar with it. It's what they know. It's what they come to expect as opposed to taking that leap of faith into that unknown, which is really, really scary for our minds because all our mind wants to do is to keep us safe and keep us comfortable. But we know that in order to live a life that is meaningful and fulfilling, then we need to go outside of our comfort zones. And it's about being able to have that awareness so you can make that decision to begin to step out of it. You would also look at how childhood influences have come up and affect the way you are today. So, for example, the way that we were raised really, really influences our own values and our own approach with life, with love, with our careers. And we look at just the different ways that our experiences from the past have shaped who we are today. So, for example, if there has been a traumatic event, then that has a big emotional hold over you. And by you not properly releasing that, then that is taking energy that you have in the present moment so that you aren't able to direct that into something more meaningful and more purposeful in your life. So after going through all of the stuff in the past and the stuff that you believe to be the problem today, then it's about working on releasing negative emotions. So the emotions of anger, of sadness, of guilt, hurt, fear that we all hold onto on a conscious and unconscious level that really affect the actions that we take, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and just essentially washing them away so that they are no longer holding us down. And then we will look at the limiting beliefs that you carry. So the limiting beliefs really affect how we show up in the world. So if we feel that we aren't confident, that we aren't worthy, then the way that we go for opportunities in our life, the way that we present ourselves in front of others is definitely going to be impacted. And once we move through all of the limiting beliefs that are stopping you and getting you essentially blocking your own success, it would be about creating that vision of the future. So now that the past has been cleared, your present emotions and your beliefs are sorted, what is that thing you really, really want? What is the, that thing that makes you excited to jump out of bed every morning, that makes you willing to grind through perhaps the um, more tougher periods that you're going to encounter when you're working towards that goal. So really painting a vivid picture of what it is you will see, hear and feel when you reach that and creating a bit of a plan on how to get there. Like I believe that we don't need to know the whole picture. We don't need to know exactly step A to Z to get to our goal. But having those first steps of just little, little tiny baby steps of what to take next, that is going to get the ball rolling. That is going to get us stepping into that new version of ourselves that we are trying to create, that goal we are trying to call in. And naturally, the next steps are going to present itself. The universe, I believe, also gives us opportunities when we're ready to, and it all just comes together and plays together. And eventually, we're going to reach that goal. But it's never about the goal in the first place. It's about all the little things along the way that we learn, that we pick up, and those triumphs that we get just from taking that action and having something meaningful and worthwhile that we're moving towards. So many people needed to hear that because I can't tell you how many clients I work with, how many DMs I get where people are like, I'm so overwhelmed. You know, I see all these people online with these empires. How am I ever going to get there? There's way too many steps to take. You know, I can't even think about booking an appointment with me. And it's like, why don't you just focus on what you can accomplish from here till next month? And then from next month to the next month and then the next month for maybe two months, not what is my 10 year ultimate six figure, seven figure plan? It's like, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. And to your point about the universe stepping in with divine opportunities and timing, you might actually find that while you were carving this set in stone path, the universe had this whole other thing in store, but you were ignoring it. So I'm glad that you broke it down that way. That was really helpful. I'm curious about all the tools you use because you share that you are an NLP practitioner Psych K, which I've never heard of, 
um, energy work and hypnosis. Yes. Can we go through all those? Let's start with NLP. What does that stand for? How does it work? Can you share a little bit more about that? So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I guess the textbook definition is that it is a way for people to model success. So it has so many different applications across sales, marketing, even the whole you know pickup world that it grew a lot of notoriety in. But the aspect that I find really applicable is the mindset part about how everything that we experience in our reality is filtered through our thoughts, beliefs, um, emotions, memories, and values. So there is so much information coming to us at once and our conscious mind can only process a very, very, very small fraction of that. So the only way that it stops itself from being completely overwhelmed is it selects what fits the narrative of the mind. So this comes back to the idea that you create your reality and that perception is projection because everything you experience in your world is going to be a reflection of what is already inside you. So if you are naturally a more pessimistic person, then your world is going to show evidence of things not really going your way all the time, of you always being on um, the short, like getting the short end of the stick or having bad encounters and situations because our mind hates being wrong. So it's going to pick all the evidence that supports its own beliefs. So in a similar vein, if you believe that everything is working out in your favor, that the universe is going to support you and step in and really guide you along your way when you are ready, then you are going to find evidence that supports similar things. Another aspect is about how we experience our world through the images that create in our mind. So a lot of NLP techniques work with changing the image we created in our mind's eye and that in itself is able to shift our emotion and our response attached to it. So that is part of a part of NLP that I find really, really magical. So for example, if you think about a happy experience that you have, your mind creates an image that it associates with it, which is how it stores that memory. And by playing around with that image, where for example, you make the image bigger, brighter, or have it go from moving to still, that changes your relationship to that specific memory. And there are other key concepts that really feed into the whole mindset part, like how we need to be in a place of power with our lives by taking radical responsibility for everything that goes on. We need to be at the cause end of the equation rather than feeling like we are the victim of everything that goes on around us. Because at the end of the day, that is the only way that we can change things is by accepting that we created this and because we created, we have the power to change it. And I think the final thing that would be really relevant in what I do is the concept of state. So everything that we want in life is because of the feeling that we will get from having it. And I believe that a new level of freedom comes when we realize that we can have that feeling now. We can achieve that state now. So for example, if you want happiness, then you don't have to attach it to a relationship, a career goal, a financial goal. You can tap into that feeling now by simply bringing up the memory and choosing, making that conscious effort and choice to facilitate that feeling and grow that feeling within. Because once you recognize that you can have that feeling now, then you don't no longer have that pressure holding you back of, you know, overthinking, oh, what if I don't get this? What would that mean? Because you have the power to choose that for yourself in this present moment. Everything else is just you having fun with life and you going forward and experiencing the different experiences that we get to have as part of, you know, being human. There's something that always pops up when, when work like this gets talked about, for example, when something goes really, really bad, like 
we can take, you know, responsibility for little things like, oh, I, I spent money when I didn't really have it. And, you know, I probably should work on that. But what about stuff like if someone's parent ends up in the hospital or they lose a loved one? I get a lot of questions that people are like, this is just so hurtful and unfair. Like, how can the universe support me and guide me when it just took this thing away from me, especially now with COVID? Everyone, COVID took my job, COVID took this, COVID took that. And then they find it hard to trust the universe and really understand, like, I create my reality because people are like, well, I didn't create my mom going to the hospital. So what would you say to that? There are scenarios that you can't really control that are very hurtful. I truly believe that things happen for a reason and that things are happening for us as a way to help us grow and expand. So even in the most negative situations, I believe that there is always that positive thing that we can take away from it. And perhaps that's the lesson that it was meant to bring into our lives. So it's about just sitting with it and asking, how is this situation serving me? What am I learning from it? What are the benefits from it? And accepting that everything in life is going to have a positive aspect and a negative aspect. Having a lot of money, having a dream job, even though those sound like really, really good things, they're going to have things that aren't as nice that naturally come along with it because that is simply how life is. It's a balance. So by just recognizing that that is the case, I think we can release a lot of that heavy emotional attachment that we have and think from a place of peace and a place of love and solve our problem from that angle as opposed to being too caught up in why is this happening to me? There is nothing I can do in this situation. I feel so helpless. I feel so trapped. Because when we allow ourselves to take on the mentality, then we sit in that and we essentially stop ourselves from looking for a solution because we become the victim. We become the helpless one who has no options. So having that simple mindset shift, it just gives us more power, more choice. And if at the end of the day, the only thing that we can do to empower ourselves is in changing our mindset, is in taking on the perhaps hard to grasp belief that things are working out, then it's just about making that decision so that we have an option to move forward as opposed to being stuck in that trap. I love that. That's very helpful. Now, what is Psyche K? That's something I had no idea about until I found your profile. Oh, so Psyche K, it's, it's energy psychology. So it's really comes down to working with our physiology and our mind. And the whole process is about balancing the left and right hemispheres of our brain so that we are able to reprogram our subconscious beliefs. So we have our left side of the brain, which is very logical. And then our other side is more creative, more emotional. And usually when we get caught up in a problem is because we get stuck in one side or the other. We get so swept up in our emotions that, you know, we aren't able to make any rational decisions or we are so logical that we are ignoring the things that we really desire, the things that our hearts are calling for. So the psychic process is about using the our body, the way we position our body to balance the two so that we are able to solve our problems and our beliefs and the stress that we experience in our day-to-day lives from a higher perspective. Okay. Wow. There's so much. I feel like every day I learn about something new in the spiritual mindset world that I'm like, this is going to be the new rabbit hole. Right now, my rabbit hole is probably going to be this and Pleiadians. Oh, yeah. I'm getting really into that stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been (laughs) diving into that as well. It's been really, really fascinating. Here we go. It's like, (laughs) open this door. What about hypnotism or hypnotists? hypnotherapy see i'm not even saying it right but this is because it's a world i'm not really familiar with and i know people listening are thinking of the movie where you say something and then all of a sudden you're being controlled by someone can you break down what it is and what you do with this specific word yeah so really hypnosis is nothing like what you see in the movies though you it is 
possible to have those sort of experiences as well. And I've personally been a part of a stage hypnosis show where, you know, I was made to sing and dance in front of a big audience and I had an experience where I forgot where my mouth was so I wasn't able to drink a glass of water. So those are aspects that are all really fun. But in the work that I do, it's really about just calming people down. So getting them out of that conscious state of mind where they have so many thoughts going on in their head that are getting in the way so that you can let the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind come through. And with what I do in hypnosis, there are a few different uh, methods that I incorporate. So one would be to work with your memories or perhaps even past lives to figure out why it is that you react the way you do to maybe certain triggers you have in your life? Why is it that you naturally retreat to anger in certain situations? And just taking the learnings you can from those experiences and those memories so that you are able to move on from them and no longer have that really deep attachment to them that you feel like you aren't able to let go of. There are other things that you can do, like working with your inner child, so showing the child version of you, that they are safe, that they are loved, that they are worthy. And there are also more f things that you can do in terms of the visualization aspect as well. So, you know, imagining that different points in your body, different energy centers are being lit up, are being balanced, I find is really, really beneficial in just helping you feel more relaxed across different areas of your life or even to just bring that sense of peace and calm. Like a lot of people that I work with, when they come out of hypnosis, they always feel like that they just had the best nap of their life. They feel so refreshed. Their mind feels so clear and calm and quiet, which is something that for a lot of them they've never really experienced. So hypnosis can be used from a lot of different angles and it's something that I think people can do for themselves as well. So, you know, just go on YouTube and find something to help calm your mind. And it's a great way for an individual to tap into that deep part of themselves, that intuition, that higher self, that part that is seeking guidance. Because another really big belief of mine is that we have all the answers we need within ourselves. For the longest time, I was looking for other people to tell me what it is that I should be doing with my life, thinking that other people knew what I wanted and what would make me happy. But really what it came down to was me giving myself the space to sit down and ask myself, what is it that I want? And that is something that you can do really, really effectively through hypnosis because you are able to get that chatter out of your mind so that you are able to receive that voice that is deep and calm and that really has your highest intention in mind. That's so true. I think that's my biggest learning lesson of 2020 is allowing space and stillness to actually have that intuition and clarity because I used to think, oh, if I just do 10 things a day, one of these things will resonate and I'll pick one and I'll go down that lane. And sometimes it's like, why don't you take a step back to even evaluate? Like, how does this feel? Do I like this? Do I feel aligned? Is this my purpose? But we never allow space for that. We're very go, 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 hustle, hustle, get shit done mentality. And then it's like we never even give ourselves five minutes of space to be like, do I even like what I'm doing? Do I feel aligned? And like you said, allowing that clarity to come through is really important. There's something I want to talk to you about, which is your Instagram. <laughs> I just have to switch gears here because it is so beautiful aesthetically. It is so resourceful. And I always talk about this on my podcast now. Like I don't follow anybody now unless they're providing real value, like tangible tips for me to take, or they're inspiring or educational. But if someone's posting just like Sunday brunch or, you know, out bowling, I'm like, I can see that in your stories. I don't need to see that in my feed. I want, there's just so much content, like you said out there, we're inundated with information. So I need to be really selective about the content I consume and your Instagram does does exactly that it's so amazing so can you tell us first how did you make the switch to that like did you start a whole new instagram after you made the switch to spiritual mindset coaching how did you come up with the aesthetic and like the content plan essentially what i'm getting at is if someone wants to do something new with their side project and really change their instagram up like what would you recommend and planning and all the fun entrepreneur and business side of it <laughs> 
That is so sweet. Thank you so much. But mm, in terms of creating an Instagram, I would say right now there is just so much content out there that it does become overwhelming. So I think something that I always come back to when I approach what I put out there is how can I make this actually useful? Especially in this day and age where there's so much information going around, we have the knowledge, like we know what to do, but sometimes we need that push to do it. So I want to make it as easy as possible for someone to take those steps so they're actually able to see those results. And just in the whole Instagram landscape, a lot of it is going to be visual. And I think that is the reality of the platform. So I'm lucky in that I do have a background in design. So I've been able to use a lot of those skills that I picked up over there in this. And it is just a way for me to put more of myself, more of my personality in what I do. So I would say find what that personality link for you is like perhaps you have a really really funny sense of humor so perhaps memes would be the best way for you to convey your information or perhaps you have a special connection with certain colors and that is something that you can translate into your branding into your graphics in order to really connect with that person that you want to speak to because that is the other aspect that is really important who is it that you're talking to? So for me, all the stuff I create is for that version of me that felt so lost. I always go back to what would have been really, really useful for her to see. And when I'm out of ideas, that is always what I refer to and what I ponder on. And I find that is the stuff, everything that I've been putting out is stuff that I really would have loved to see myself. I find the most successful people say that, like they built something that they wish that they had when they were going through something or needed a resource. What about people that are overwhelmed with content creation? Like, do you have any tips for that? Do you batch your content? Do you just do what feels good? What about that side of things? Um, I am definitely someone who easily, easily slips into that overwhelmed sort of feeling. So I'm really just at the stage of my life and business where I do it when I feel like doing it. I prioritize it when it feels good to me because especially this being a spiritual business for me, I know that if I try to force things, if I try to get myself to do things when things just aren't feeling aligned, like the audience is going to pick up on it. It's not going to feel the same and it's not going to have that heart essence that I really, really want to carry with all the stuff that I put out. And because of that, it's not going to reach the right people mm -hmm. or the people who do see it, they're just not going to resonate with it. So with what I do, it really comes down to, again, does this feel good for me? Does this feel aligned? Does doing this make me feel happy? And is this what I want to be sharing? So I did try to go down the route of planning things ahead, but I did find if I overscheduled, if I've tried to go too early in advance, then, you know, I sometimes I find myself to be at a point where what was a really, really passionate, heartfelt message at the time of writing just didn't resonate with me anymore three weeks down the line. So I do find for myself, at least, that shorter time frame works pretty well where I usually would have ideas crafted out for maybe a week in advance. And if I feel like scheduling the whole week in advance, then I'll do that. If I feel like doing it one night at a time, then I'll do that too. So it is a very, very flowy experience for me now. We are very similar in that sense too. I feel like we're very similar in our approaches and approaching content because the same for me, I get so caught up in, I need to plan a month out of content, but I'm like, I feel different every three days. So how can I plan something three weeks out if right now my life feels like it's changing? It just feels so outdated by the time it ends up going live. So are there specific tools that have helped you in your business really get organized or scale or anything? It took me quite a while to find things that work for me. I've tried a lot of different apps, a lot of different programs of software, but really I just go back to my bullet journal. So I just have this small notebook next to my desk where I make a to-do list of all the things I want to get done and keep it as simple as that because like I mentioned earlier, I do get overwhelmed easily and I find that when I have just too much or 
when I'm working with software that is too complicated, it just really, really builds up that feeling. So a notebook works really well for me. And I'm absolutely in love with just my calendar on my phone um, that syncs up with everything else I have. So those are the two things that I always fall back on. Yeah, there is such a thing as being over-resourced where, like you said, you would have 12 apps. It's like you actually only need a few and if that's what works for you, that's that's what works. I feel like the theme of this podcast is like, do what works for you, do what feels good, listen to your intuition. So my final question would be manifestation, because that's one of the main points of this podcast. That's what my course is about. You're actually going to be teaching in the course, which I'm super excited about. But if someone is new to manifestation, what are some tools, tips, tricks, an equation, something that you have that you follow to manifest something specific i believe our manifestations always come back to our beliefs so if there's something in your reality that isn't working out then it is worthwhile backtracking a bit and asking yourself what belief is creating that and then from there looking up the various methods that you can go about reprogramming those beliefs so for example affirmations are quite popular where you repeat than to yourself on a regular basis over a period of time. Hypnosis is really, really good for implanting new suggestions and new beliefs that you want to take on. I stumbled across Psyche because I first used it as a way to unpack a lot of the beliefs that I had that were holding me back. So there is so much information online about reprogramming beliefs. So the first step will really just be what are those beliefs and are they serving me? Are they not serving me? And if they're not, what can I do to change them? Simple. Just identifying those beliefs and making the work to change them. So you're going to be teaching a guest expert workshop in my course. Can you share a little bit more about what you're exactly teaching? Oh, I'm so excited about this. So I am going to be teaching how we can quickly shift out of negative emotions because I know for myself personally that sometimes we just go into a spiral, you know, like one thing triggers us and then that thing just becomes worse and worse as we use that lens across everything else in our day. So if we are able to nip that in the bud, then we really just stop that resistance so that things are allowed to come to us more easily so that we don't get caught up in that negative mindset that just gets worse and worse as the day goes on. I'm so excited. That's going to be so helpful. I can't tell you people are like, finally, how to deal with negative emotions. That's the biggest block with manifesting. So I can't wait for that. And if people want to work with you, how can they get in touch? Uh, the easiest way to connect with me would be on my Instagram. So that would be shirleyliu.co. So S-H-I-R-L-E-Y-L-I-U dot C-O. Yes. And we will link that in the show notes, get ready for her in the guest workshop and you have to follow her Instagram. I'm obsessed. I look at it every single day. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your Instagram. Thank you for your knowledge. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another amazing episode with someone that has a wealth of knowledge, Shirley Liu. And if it wasn't clear already, follow her Instagram. I am so obsessed with her graphics, it's not even funny. Some of her recent posts include how to get more done using the power of your subconscious mind, three changes to make your morning routine when working from home, and soul-aligned goal activation. So if those don't speak to you, I don't know what will because those are all things I love discussing and she makes it so pretty and so easy to understand. And she actually has a free five-day workshop in her bio as well. So go to shirleyliu.co, take this workshop and just follow her for all this amazing inspiration and content. You can follow me at Chelsea Reif or at non-expert opinion pod. You can write into the podcast, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com or go visit inmynonexpertopinion.com. As always, if you found value, please leave a review. It's so helpful. It really helps me book more guests like Shirley and it helps reach the masses. So a review is appreciated or share it on your Instagram story and tag me and Shirley. Let us know what was your favorite part and stay tuned for next week. Thank you all for listening. 